Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. You can also find it on Google Play Music, as well as on the new Google Podcasts app. Plus, you can find the show on Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio. You iOS users can find it on the Overcast app. Plus, if you still aren't aware, NHTE is available on Spotify, so be sure to follow the show on there. Joining me today on location here in Anaheim, California at the Winter NAM Show, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who performed here earlier today. She was in the top 20 of season 11 of America's Got Talent, and she finished in sixth place on season 12 of The Voice. Plus, she has performed at CMA Fest each of the last two years. She is also a voiceover actor, having done work for the likes of Disney, DreamWorks, and Nickelodeon. You've been hearing a song of hers entitled Diamonds and Dust. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Brenly Brown. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. It's great to have you here. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks for making time. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. So Diamonds and Dust, we were just playing it. I apologize, listeners. I was talking over the overwhelming majority of it. The good news is Brenly's here in person to tell you what that song is all about. Yes. I wrote um, Diamonds and Dust one day. I remember um, I was sitting in the floor in my bedroom and I think I was just trying to write a song thinking of lyrics try, you know playing with a couple melodies and and I couldn't find the right words and I just was I was kind of having a little bit of a writer's block you know I just was struggling and I looked outside and um, the light that was shining in my room was hitting the dust so perfectly that it looked like diamonds and I thought about it and I I thought to myself something that is you know, we think of as dirty, useless, you know, we, we never use it for anything, can be so beautiful in the right light. Um, and so that's kind of how uh, the concept began of, of Diamonds and Dust and started messing around with it. And I got with my good friend Cindy Morgan and we finished it up. And um, yeah, it's really, really something that's straight from my heart, you know, and um, and it I think it turned out just the way we hoped. We did a couple couple rewrites on it and and got it the way we we wanted so i'm happy with it now you live here in california so you got with her in person or is she somewhere else in the u.s and you did this over skype or email or both or dropbox um i go out to nashville about once a month um and so she she's based in nashville and i had met her um in nashville and we wrote uh, a lot, the majority of the song out in Nashville, and then we buttoned a few things up um, where we had Skype over Skype and and do different things like that. But how cool it is that, as you started to say, I saw what the sun was doing to the dust on my dresser. I'm thinking, oh boy, her mom is going to say, "Don't talk about how dusty your furniture is." See, let <laughs> that be a lesson. But you took something that people would look at and get distracted and say, oh, yeah. I guess it's time for me to dust my dresser. Look at how, look at how bad it looks. And all of a sudden see it from the perspective that only a songwriter could. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think, I mean, I think that's part of songwriting is finding things that, you know, you, you 
don't expect as unique or different and kind of figuring out how they are, you know, and, and really diving deep in it and, and trying to figure out how could, you know, I interpret this the way that I see it, you know, through songwriting, through music. Well, yeah, because I'm often heard saying that if you are struggling for a social media post, a lot of people get to where they look and see, oh my gosh, look at how late it is. And I still haven't posted on social media today. I'll tell people like exhale, take a step back and think of the Seinfeld philosophy, which is what did you do today? Nothing. That's a show. So, you know, you're saying like, look at the normal, ordinary mundane as a songwriter and say, you know what? There's this cup sitting in front of Brenly that's got some lipstick around the edge of it that she's been drinking out of. Wait a minute. Maybe there's a song there. What about that lipstick? What about that cup? What about how pure it was versus now the fact that, you know, whereas someone else is going to go, are you done with that cup? Throw it away. Right. Yeah. The songwriter brain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you always been a creative type? When, when did you start songwriting? When did you know this is the route that I'm going to pursue? Yeah. Um, I feel like from a really young age, I've always just loved music. Um, but I think, I think when I was like around five years old, I, um, my kindergarten teacher, this is crazy. And I still remember this. Um, she came up to me and said, Brenly, you should, you know, you should audition for the little talent show. We're having a, a talent show, um, you know, for, for the elementary class and, um, you should audition. And I remember going to my mom and saying, Hey, there's auditions. I'd love to go audition. And she's like, okay. Um, and I grew so, up. So that wasn't a surprise to your mom. You already had the type of personality where it's like, okay, we can tell this little, this little spark plug is going to be. Yeah. I okay. mean, I think, I think my parents knew that, um, I, I always sang and I love music. I don't think they knew that I would, you know, at that point do it professionally or really pursue it as, as much as I do today. Um, but they were, they've always been very supportive and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I remember going to her and so she, she helped pick out my outfit. I, I grew up with, um, classic country music. Uh, my dad introduced me at a very young age to Willie Nelson, Emmylou Harris, Dolly Parton, uh, Waylon Jennings. So I, that's really, I love, I love that music. Um, and I've always kind of been an old soul. Um, so I grew up with that. And so I ended up singing for the kindergarten talent show, uh, Mississippi Girl by Faith Hill and at the end of the performance I had I was wearing a pink cowgirl hat bear with me here a a pink cowgirl (laughs) boots and I had a pink guitar okay so I love pink (laughs) and at the end of the performance I took my hat off and I threw it out to the audience a five-year-old me five-year-old me and I think that's when the moment where I knew in my little heart that music and singing and creating was something that I was gonna do for the rest of my life clearly clearly Wow. And because she mentioned Emmy Lou Harris, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you listeners, if you didn't hear my interview with Chris Donahue, go back and listen to that episode. He did the interview with me about seven hours before he was going on stage with Emmy Lou Harris. He's the bass player. So that was a, a really interesting interview. The fact that he was taking time out of a show day to do that with me. But let's go back to Diamonds and Dust because on YouTube, there is a video that was filmed at the In the Making Festival, which was on the grounds of Woodstock. Yes. That was incredible. Oh my goodness. A moment I'll never forget. I, first of all, just getting the opportunity to sing there and perform there with, with my band was amazing. It was a, such a fun show and it is so beautiful there. I mean, you look out and it's just, you can feel like, I don't even know how to explain it, but you could feel the history there of mm. like what happened wow. and, um, it was incredible. And me and my, my lead guitar player, Gideon, we, we, 
we're like, you know what? We should go. We should go on the grounds. No, you know, no stage. No, just raw and real and live and do Diamonds and Dust. And we did it and it sounded sounded beautiful. I was grateful to be there. Yeah. And, and nobody being around. Listeners, when you go watch this video, you'll see it is literally the two of them. Yes. And so it really kind of adds something more to it because as cool as it is to see live videos, especially in that type of environment, right. it does lend something totally different to the song to see here it is. It's very stripped down. It's just me and him, yep. and this is the song. That's my favorite thing to do, honestly, is, I mean, like today, this morning, getting to, to sing at Nam. anytime I get to do anything live, I love, because there's just this, I mean, I, I think that music is the universal language, right? And, and when we get to do what we love live, no matter if you're a guitar player, a singer, whatever, and you get to connect with your audience on that level, it's something special. And so anytime, um, whether it's on social media, I always just try to do live stuff. And I think studio stuff is amazing. And I love that whole side of it. I I'm getting ready to, um, record actually the first week of February in Nashville with, um, with, uh, my producer out there, but and that's a whole creative process that I love. But something about singing live and, and performing live, it's like nothing else. It just fills my soul, you know, and, and I love it. Well, yeah, because I was going to say that if you go back to the vision of Brenly sitting on the floor in her bedroom, trying to think of an idea, getting the idea, writing the song, going to Nashville, working there with a co-writer and doing all this quote-unquote behind-the-scenes stuff, that stuff is all great and it's obviously important because without right. that, you don't have songs to get on stage and sing. Right. However, you can only do that so long before eventually you got to get out there and play it for somebody. So mm -hmm. whether it's a writer's night in Nashville mm -hmm. or whether it's doing something like the in the making festival and Hands having down. a huge crowd it's like okay this is yeah. this is what this is the reason i do this stuff yes. to bring these songs to people that hopefully will be touched by them yes exactly that was said so perfectly <laughs> <laughs> copyright 2019 yes, Bruce yes. so i want to make clear though the in the making festival you headlined that festival i did so how did you get that opportunity i did um so I um, have a, a manager, her name's Carrie, um, and love her and grateful for her support. And she, um, she's really, you know, and I think this is another thing on a side note. If, if you're, you know, an independent artist, which I am, um, I think that a team is so important. And at the end of the day, um, no matter what status or level they're on, um, I think the most important thing is whether it's your manager, your agent, uh, your publishing, whatever, your label, that they believe in you. And um, so anyway, that was my little side note there. But um, Carrie has been my champion. That's what I call her because she has been with me through thick and thin, you know, and the hard times, the good times. Um, and so grateful for her. So she has, um, she's created a lot of opportunity to perform live, to perform at NAMM. Um, and different things like that. So that opportunity came up to headline, and that was one of my first headlining gigs mm -hmm. ever. Um, and <laughs> no it was pressure. so much no pressure, <laughs> exactly. And it was so much fun to have the full band because normally, if you know, I do play gigs, whether I open up for somebody or go on a tour, or you know, I'll, I'll play I'll play just me and my guitar, you know, keep it acoustic or or have a you know trio type thing. But it was so awesome to have the full band out there and just 
be able to rock the house out, you know, it's fun. So the full band, being that you do play guitar, the full band consisted of what other instruments besides you on guitar? Yes, so me me on acoustic, um, I have bass, drums, uh, Gideon, who I was talking about earlier, he can play three different, he's crazy, he can play uh, acoustic, I mean, he can play the fiddle, he can play mandolin, so wow. he's wow. great, um, and then I have keys, um, and some har- I have my, my keys girl uh, plays sings harmonies, which is always lovely. And it's the whole it's the whole thing. It's the whole shebang. <laughs> so, listeners, you heard Brenly talking about age five and being on stage, all the pink attire that she was wearing. And I'm not referring to Pink, the artist. <laughs> Although we did have the drummer for Pink, Mark Schulman, on this show. If you never heard that one, uh, that that was a lot of fun. Anyhow, so when you were at age five. We heard about this experience in the talent show, but you also were impacted at a young age in terms of your music by your mom's battle with Lyme disease. Yes. um, Around, I think I was five or six. I was in kindergarten. um, About the time that I had sang on Mississippi Girl on the kindergarten stage, um, my mom um, had got a, a bug bite on her arm. And at first, um, they thought it was a spider bite, nothing serious. Um, but then she started quickly going downhill very, very mm. quick where, um, her heart was stopping. Oh my she gosh. was having seizures. Wow. Um, she was 90 pounds. I mean, it was, wow. it was a, a very rough, rough time in our family. And at that time, I remember even though being young, um, that music, it became more than something that I listened to on the radio or listened with my dad in the truck. You know, um, it became a safe place for me and, and it became a safe place for my family. And that was something that me and my mom could always do together. No matter how sick she was, um, we would always sing together and mm-hmm. I would go sing to her. And wow. um, so go, kind of going through that was really, it was tough. And I remember just holding on to my faith, um, holding on to music and just, you know, being with family. Um, and so fast forward a few years, um, we went to doctor after doctor and finally she was diagnosed with, um, Lyme disease. So at least at that point we were like, okay, at least we know why she was sick. And this was, I'm going to say 10 or 11 years ago. And there, there wasn't a lot of research done on Lyme. Mm. That's why I don't think she was tested. You know, uh, okay. it kind of okay. masks itself as a lot of different things. So you can be tested for lupus and you can be tested for arthritis because it affects your, your joints and your bones and horrible. Um, and so part of my mission, honestly, in, in life and through music is to bring awareness mm. to the disease. Um, I was on The Voice um, and every single show... Um, I wore a Lyme green bracelet for, for Lyme disease to, um, to spread awareness because it's a horrible, horrible disease. And I'm so grateful now that she's better. She's doing better. She was on, uh, seven, eight years of antibiotics. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, so I'm grateful to God that she's doing better and, and we're blessed. And, and that's again, why I'm so grateful for her support and that she continues to support me. I remember through, when she was sick, just always telling me to 
just keep singing, you know, and, and, um, so I'm grateful and I, I love her so much. She's here today. So at NAMM, so Amen. she's awesome. Yeah. Amen. That's yeah. beautiful. Wow. Wow. And listeners on a similar note, do go back and listen to my recent interview with Hope Cassidy, probably, I want to say the most emotional episode that we've ever had in, in the almost five years of now here, this entertainment She's been battling cancer for the last year. She's only in her late 30s, and she does, as Brenly was just saying, she gives some education of early signs to look for, of things that women should be aware of. And really, it's also a very inspirational story that Hope has not let it deter her from getting back on track with rebooting her music career. So go back and listen to that episode. Hope Cassidy, that was her second appearance. We hadn't heard from her since pretty much five years ago in the very early days of NHTE. Brenly, you, I mentioned in the beginning, not only being a recording artist, we'll call you, but a voiceover actor, Disney, DreamWorks, Nickelodeon. I mean, this is this is like legit. This isn't like, yeah, I dabble in it here and there. <laughs> Listeners, Brenly was the speaking voice of Lily the Good Witch on Disney Channel's Emmy Award winning animated series, Sophia the First. So this this voiceover actor stuff is is very much a part of who you are and not just a singer songwriter guitar player yes it's so much fun and it's kind of a crazy story how i got into it i um i think i was around 12 or 13 years old and i was there wasn't a lot of places to play as a young you know young singer songwriter but there was one place in los angeles that was kind of an open mic and they would let minors come and play so I, I was playing, uh, playing this gig and I, I think I was, you know, singing an original I had written <laughs> probably wasn't very good back then, <laughs> but, um, there was a vocal contractor there, um, from Disney and wow. she, she came up to me after the show and, and, um, asked for a demo and I didn't even have a demo. Like I, I didn't have, you know, anything really. And I said, I could probably record something, you know, on my phone or, or, you know, go to my local, you know, recording guy. I didn't know. So I I ended up singing, you know, Part of Your World by Little Mermaid Uh or something. Uh And I sent that in and she she um, came back and said, we'd love for you to start um, sweetening on Sophie the First and Jake and the Neverland Pirates and all these different Disney shows. And at first I had no idea what sweetening was, but it turns out that sweetening is pretty much basically background vocals so i would go in and literally do oohs and ahs and different things like that and then i kind of just started working my little way up um and started a lot of voiceover characters they don't sing right they're famous actors or actresses but they don't sing and so i started singing for a lot of them a lot of their you know their characters and then um i i was blessed enough to be able to play Lily on Sophie the first. And that was so much fun and sing for her. And, um, and now I do multiple different, um, voiceover characters speaking and singing. So I'm, it's so much fun. It's not even work. Like I don't even call it a job. I literally get to go in. It doesn't matter how I look, right? Because voiceover doesn't matter. You're behind the mic. So, you know, I can go in in sweats and um, just get to play a character and have so much fun. Right now I'm working on a a DreamWorks um, series that's coming out very soon this year. Very excited um, to Netflix and I'm very excited. But it's it's been so much fun. The team's incredible and uh, grateful to be a part of it. So when you went and recorded somewhere, part of your world, is that what you really said? Yes, yes. (laughs) 
That you wanna, was it. You want to sing like three lines of it right oh now? Oh my gosh, I can try. And I probably had like, you know, little voice, even though I have a higher voice naturally. <laughs> but oh, um, I'll do the first little. Okay. Oh boy. Let's see how this goes. This will be a fun. few years. This, this is different. Um, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm a girl? A girl who has everything. <laughs> How cool is that? That was the voiceover, cool that? voiceover side. <laughs> well, but you know, Lila Burzens is a voiceover actor. She was on this show and really kind of opened up my eyes and ears and the listeners' eyes and ears to what that whole realm is all about because it is a whole industry in and of itself. And I think there's a lot of people who think, oh, listen to this. I can be a voiceover actor. And it's not, if you think you can, you probably can't because it's (laughs) it's an actual trained skill that people study for years and they're always learning. And so the thing that I like in your case is that one is feeding the other in the sense that when Katie Bell was on this program. We talked a lot about the fact that she's a singer-songwriter, but she's also a model. And so she gets into modeling opportunities where they say, oh, you do music? Well, why don't you just do the music for us? And in your case, you're being hired as a voiceover actor, and they're saying, oh, wait a minute, you sing? Well, why don't you just do that for us? And so to your credit, you're all of a sudden having doors open to you that wouldn't have before if you were, quote-unquote, just a singer-songwriter guitar player. Right. Exactly. And I think it's 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 funny because sometimes and, and you know, I've I've seen this over the, the last few years is like sometimes my music does connect with voiceover, you know, and, and like you said, I'll, I'll have the director of the show, you know, I may briefly have said in the booth or something. Yeah, like I love to sing, you know, that's actually what I do right for mostly and that's what my passion is even though I love voiceover and and we're like oh we'd love you know can you sing on the theme song and little things like that and so that was really surprising to me because I never thought that they would connect right um and so it's really cool when they do it's really cool and I think you know it's been fun to be able to do that um and then in another sense sometimes they don't connect at all you know and it's like i have my my country music my songwriting and then i have my voiceover and it's, so it's they're different but they also can connect yes yeah absolutely yeah. and listeners it's really fun for me to be able to sit down with a guest in person you know that there's a lot of lot of episodes of NHTE where the guest is somewhere else in the country and i'm down in Tampa and we're connecting over Skype audio only so i don't even get to see them and the reason that I'm able to do it either there or on location, as I'm doing with Brenly right now, is because of the great equipment that I have from Tascam. Brenly and I are recording into the DR44WL, which is actually a handheld recorder. If you're a songwriter like Brenly is and you get song ideas and you go, oh, I just sing them into my phone or speak the lyrics that I'm thinking of into my phone or I kind of put the phone on my lap and then I play my guitar... Just get yourself a handheld recorder like this Tascam device, and that's it has built-in microphones. Now, Brenly and I, we're talking into the Tascam TM60 microphones, which I prefer just to have a little bit more control and XLR those into the device. I've got my Tascam headphones on. I used to bring out on location my audio interface, which is the Tascam Mini Studio Creator. I just leave that at home now with my rig and do all the recording there. This is a lot more portable. I don't have to bring my laptop. But Tascam has a long, long line of recording solutions. So if you're recording your live show, if you're just recording a demo, a single, whatever it is, get on Tascam.com. Look at all the different options that they have. 
and T-A-S-C-A-M.com in case you're not familiar. They've only been in business for about 40 plus years, so I think they've got it down by now. They've got a brand new mixer that we've been talking about a lot, which is really, really going over well. Check all that out at Tascam.com. Brenly, you won, we're moving along here in, in years, you won an Ovation Award at age 11, and what's important to know about that, listeners, is the Ovation Awards are the only peer-judged theater awards in Los Angeles, which means a lot because I always tell young people, you know, mom and dad love you, so they're going to tell you great things. They're (laughs) going to tell you that you're the best, but eventually you need to get out and have an uninterested third party give you some feedback, or in this case, judge you and tell you how you're doing. And the Ovation Awards are created to recognize excellence in theatrical performance, production, and design in the greater Los Angeles area. So I'd have to think that at that point you kind of started saying, and maybe your parents did too, okay, there is something to this. It's not just me. It's not just us because now we've got a credible body telling me. For sure. And I think um, that was so crazy. I, you know, just starting out in music, um, I, you know, would look for, again, any opportunity to play and sing. And and I would Google, you know, I would go online and and try to find places that would would let me (laughs) play. Um, And that's that's when I really got into theater, you know, and I think that's a great way to start out, to get out there, you know, in musical theater. um, It's a lot of acting through your singing. And it taught me a lot about telling a story through music. And then as I started writing, I really was able to dig deeper again, going back to, you know, really finding that hidden message in something. Um, and so, yeah, that was a crazy ride. I, I um, got involved with a company called 3D Theatricals, which is here in Orange County. Um, and it's a professional uh, theater company. They do amazing productions um, and did did a quite a few um, shows with them. Parade was was the one that I was in that is an amazing, compelling story. It's it's the story of Mary Fagan, um, the, the murder of Mary Fagan. So it's a little bit of a darker show, but it's a very historical, which I, I'm kind of a history nerd, so I loved being a part <laughs> of it. And um, and it did incredible. Won, won several Ovation Awards. And um, so that taught me a lot about kind of just not being afraid to get out there. I think before, you know... I didn't really, ha- I was too nervous or didn't really have the opportunities to get out there and, and, you know, sing and play. And musical theater allowed me that outlet to start out, you know, and really figure out my lane and, and what I really uh, wanted but to there's do. There's also something that you said that I want to go back to because you kind of glossed over it. And I think it's important because there are performers, singers, songwriters who are under 18 that think, well, there's no place that I can go and play. And so listeners, Brenly was waiting patiently. She'd go to open mics, wait in the long lines, just with the hope that anyone would would listen to her. And with my experience with open mics, there's not an age requirement or an age cutoff. It's just the fact that in that case, you're going to want to have a parent or guardian with you because they're going to say, look, you know, if there's someone here because it's open mic night and they're going to do comedy and there's going to be some profanity used or whatever you know not to mention how are you going to get there how are you going to get to the open mic if if you're 11 years old but I love that you did that because you were putting yourself out there and saying like yeah I'm under 18 but I I can't just sit here in my bedroom or go in the living room and play for my parents I got to get and work work these songs out in public somewhere yes and and my parents were so great because you know I would come to them with 
hey, the, you know, this place is having an open mic night. They allow mine. I would, you know, sometimes I would, they would call, right, and make sure, like, and they would scope it out. So I think it's important to make sure, like you said, if there's profanity, you, you know that ahead of time, so you know. And then my parents were really good about being there, being protective, you know, knowing when this is an okay environment or when this is not. Um, but at the same time, like you said, I think it's so important to get out there and to play your music and start knowing what it feels like to, to be on a stage, you know? And the other piece of advice I'll give you listeners, if you're a young performer and you want to go to an open mic night and sing cover songs, you need to make contact first to make sure that they allow cover songs because sometimes it's at a venue that doesn't have licensing with ASCAP and BMI and CSAC, and so you're not allowed to do it. So make sure you check it out and potentially avoid going there and, and wasting your time and, and wasting the time of whoever brought you there or whatever the case is. America's Got Talent, I mentioned this in the intro, that you finished in the top 20 of season 11. What's particularly impressive to me about that is you were only 14 years old. I was. That was crazy. So by that point, were 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 there no such thing as nerves? Or was it, oh, no, Bruce, I was terribly nervous. I was just blessed to, to get as far as I did. Oh, I was so nervous. So nervous. So, like you said, blessed to have gotten as far as I did. Um Honestly, it was a kind of a last minute, not last minute thing, because those processes are long, but it was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to try it and go for it. We'll see how it goes. Like literally, those were the thoughts going through my head, you know, not thinking that I would even make it, you know, at 14 and and being so young and still kind of figuring out who I was and, and what I wanted to do. Um you know, I knew I wanted to to get my voice out there, you know, and I, I wanted people to hear, but yeah, terrified. <laughs> so terrified. Listeners, I am on location at the Winter Nam show in Anaheim, California, speaking with singer, songwriter, guitar player, Brenly Brown. Visit her official website at brenlybrown.com. We will have a link to it from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And, of course, Brenly is on all the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Do connect with her on those platforms. Keep up with her online so that you can get all the latest news as Brenly continues to make announcements with all these different projects that she's involved in. These tips that we've been giving out, I have a service, in case you're not familiar, where you can do a private video consultation. And my 15-plus years in the business... We can get online and talk about what you're challenged with. If it's something as simple as, can you look at my website for me and make some suggestions of what I can do better, of what I'm missing, as weird as that sounds, especially from the perspective of someone that's hosting a show. A lot of times I look at potential guests and I make very fast decisions based on what I do or don't see. So if you feel that you need to step up your game with your social media, with any facet of your performance career, Go to nowhearthis.biz, and remember that's H-E-A-R. Go to nowhearthis.biz, and you'll see there's an article there that says video consultations available. Click through to there. Schedule a 15, 30, or 60-minute session with me. We can share screens if we need to, but it's all private, so you can be vulnerable. You can be open and honest with me. Let me know what you're struggling with, and I'm more than happy to help you out. Let's fast forward, Brenly, to The Voice, which was season 12, and... I mentioned in the intro that you finished in sixth place. You were originally on Team Blake and then got picked up by Gwen Stefani. And listeners, she's like shaking her head and rolling her eyes like in a way that implies, I know, I still can't even believe it as you <laughs> exactly. sit here and, and, and read it off. It was 
so crazy and and i'm so grateful to have been a part of it um that was a wild ride i i remember getting an email um right after america's got talent um saying uh they've dropped the age on the voice to i think it was 13 and i thought to myself you know i just i just kind of went through this with america's got talent you know is it the right time do i want to focus on my songwriting right now do i want to not go down this this road and i work with an incredible um vocal arranger i love him so much his name's michael orland and he works a lot on america's american idol (laughs) there's so many different singing shows (laughs) um american idol and um and i he lives in la and we had connected and i had been working with him for about a year about two years and he, I told him, I said, the, the voice, they, they emailed, they said they dropped the age, they want me to audition. Um, and I said, I'm not sure about it. You know, I, I had just come from this other show, and so I didn't know. Yeah, because mentally, emotionally, exactly. psychologically, you had to decide, do I really want to re-enter that yes. whole arena? Yes. Or do I want to decompress and come down and just move forward and yep. maybe some other time? Exactly. And he encouraged me, and he said, I definitely think you should do it i feel like you um are ready and you know who you are now and you are confident in your voice and you're confident in your stage presence and and you have the experience from america's got talent right exactly and so i said okay why not and i prayed about it and went to the audition and let me tell you there's many auditions before the actual audition (laughs) (laughs) there's many processes before that so again going into it i thought you know, I'll may you know, I, I probably won't even make it to the first audition, you know, and, and, um, and then, you know, fast forward, making it to the, the finals. I mean, that was just incredible. It was incredible. And you got to sing with Rascal Flats, which was finale. crazy. <laughs> it was so crazy. And just, I mean, honestly, getting to share my love for music, sh- getting to share who I was, um, you know, and getting to sing for however million people every monday and tuesday i am very grateful but was it singing with rascal flats was it i'm nervous because oh my gosh i'm singing with rascal flats or was it and on top of it there's also millions and millions of people watching when you're just there do you just kind of think of the musicians that are around you and the fact that here i am with this internationally known headlining band or is it i'm also thinking of the fact of all the people that are watching you know, what I tried to do before every show was try not to think about <laughs> the millions at home and more think about, again, connecting with that audience that is there. Because the studio audience, I'm going to say it's maybe oh, 300 people, I'm going to guess, <laughs> um, which is still a good amount, right? I'll say. But it felt intimate. The way they had it, it felt really intimate. And I love that. And when I sang with Rascal Flats or when I would sing with that incredible band, um, they were so supportive, so encouraging. You know, Rascal Flats, they've been doing this for so many years and they just had so much wisdom to share. We're so open mm. and um, the band as well. When I would go up there and play guitar, I learned so much from them wow. about playing live and, and playing for camera. You know, that was a whole, I mean, that's a whole different Terrific. thing, you know? Terrific. Um, and so I learned, I gained a lot of knowledge, you know, and, and I take so many amazing things from that, that whole journey, but that's one of them is really gaining even more live experience of performing, you know, and, and it was, 
incredible. Well, and in that whole calendar year, 2017, so spring 2017, listeners, is, is when we're talking about that she was on The Voice. April of 2017, you recorded the Friendship Song for the Tangled TV series soundtrack that's an animated series on Disney Channel. You performed at CMA Fest, the first of two consecutive years. This is all in 2017 still. <laughs> you opened, you were, you were billed as a special guest for Dwight Yoakam, this list is incredible it was a crazy it was i mean it's been a crazy couple of years now it's literally the i mean it feels like it was just yesterday it's like time flies but um it was it was a very intense i mean already going through that voice process it was very intense i mean you would get up at 5 a.m you know being a minor i was 15 at the time so i had school on top of that everything else on top of rehearsals band rehearsals recording the songs cost you know wardrobe everything and then also in 2017 if all that's not enough uh for those of you like me who are big fans of contemporary christian music brenly performed here in anaheim at angel stadium uh, also uh in phoenix but at angel stadium here in anaheim danny Goki, crowder phil wickham lecrae in phoenix need to breathe and a little band called Mercy Me that, oh my gosh. So so how did you all of a sudden jump to the Christian genre and, and get those opportunities, which obviously is largely different from everything else that we've talked about so far? Yes. Um, you know, I've always had a very strong faith. Um, and I, on The Voice, honestly, I, um, I always was open about my faith and shared my faith as much as possible and gave God the glory because ultimately my gift and getting the opportunity to play music is from him. So, um, so anyway, um, Greg Laurie, this is so crazy. He, um, actually came to a voice performance on the show and we, um, he came backstage and he wanted to meet with me and I was like, Oh my gosh, because I grew up, you know, living about, you know, 50 minutes from Anaheim, we would always come to, uh, the Harvest Crusades growing up. And, um, so I knew and we connected and he's like, I would love to have you, you know, start singing with us. And, and I was just so excited. Um, and I always have loved Christian music, um, growing up. That's another, I mean, it's so funny because when I tell people, you know, I grew up with traditional country, you know, Waylon and Willie, it's so different from, Christian music, you know, but I think that's kind of just, I love all music, but, um, grew up with a lot of Christian music, going to church and, um, sang on my worship team at church. And so, um, that's always been a part of my life. And so any opportunity, you know, where I get to use my gift for, for God, I will, I will do, you know? And, um, so loved being, I actually, um, Thursday nights, Greg at Harvest Orange County has, um, has a really, really cool kind of laid back. Everyone sits on the floor and it's very casual church service and there's beautiful music. And I'm actually going over there tonight and singing for Greg. So love, love doing anything wow. with him. Yeah. Listeners, you've been hearing me refer to Brenly as not only a singer songwriter, but a guitar player. If you listen to this show regularly enough, you know that I play a guitar from Boulder Creek guitars and never mind that I play it. It's the other, that's the big names that play it. It's, the bass player from Pat Benatar, who plays an instrument from Boulder Creek Guitars. It's country star Lee Bryce. It's players from Fleetwood Mac, players from 
oh my gosh, the list goes on. Get on bouldercreekguitars.com and look at not only the artist roster because it's very lengthy and very impressive. Justin Emmert is the bass player for 11 to 38. Last year when we were here at the Winter Nam show, I interviewed him. He's a Boulder Creek artist. It's more about the sound of their instruments. They do guitars, basses, and ukuleles. Get online and watch the videos about what it is about their suspended bracing system that makes the sound so unique, and then locate a dealer. Again, it's bouldercreekguitars.com, and it's spelled B-O-U-L-D-E-R. We're in the home stretch here. Brenly, just a couple final questions. In December, boy, oh, boy. Brenly performed with Avril Lavigne, Billy Ray Cyrus, Drake Bell, and others on an episode of Live from Ryan's Living Room, which was to benefit the Avril Lavigne Foundation, which now we're bringing it all full circle, supports individuals with Lyme disease. You sang the song Fighter Like You. Just talk about that whole experience. This was so crazy how this happened. So <laughs> I had a friend reach out to me in the L.A. area um, and said, hey, I'm kind of putting together a last-minute uh, charity show. And I was like, well, I'd love to be a part of it. I said, hey, what's the, you know, what's the charity that it's supporting? And he responded, oh, it's the Avril Lavigne Foundation. And I about flipped my lid. <laughs> I couldn't believe it because I, I was, I knew, you know, Avril and, and I've watched her kind of her battle with Lyme and, and how she's overcome. And I love her new song, um, Head Above Water. Um, and it's about kind of her journey with Lyme. Um, and so went over there. Got to meet Avril, who's just an incredible person, um, a beautiful, beautiful soul and such a fighter. Um, and Billy Ray Cyrus, that was pretty crazy. Um, and we raised, I think, over, I'm going to say $40,000 in Fantastic. like three hour, like a Fantastic. three hour live stream. It was crazy. And I, Fighter Like You, the song that I sang, I wrote for my mom um, with her, you know, about her, her battle with Lyme and watching her be such a fighter and, and uh, you know, wanting to be half the, the person that she is. Um, and so just getting to sing that and, and hang with those, those amazing artists was really, really cool. And so now moving forward, you mentioned before, but we'll bring it back up. You're recording new music in Nashville in February and March. So... What does the rest of 2019 hold in store? Are you planning to release some singles, an EP, and it will, what does all that look like? Yes, you said it. Um, so excited! This has been a long, long time coming, and I'm I'm really excited. Uh, go into the studio, like you said, um, in in just a couple weeks, and start recording. Um, plan on an EP, um, and just excited. You know, all these songs that I've written or that I've co-written um, are really. It's almost like you know, my personal diary. I really you know, wanted to share with people who I really am, you know, and, and, and be vulnerable and be real and not be afraid to fail. I think that that has been not fail in a sense of like, Oh, it's going to do bad. I, you know, I try not to get wrapped up in that, but not be afraid to just do what you love and be unapologetically just go for it, you know? And so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to with this EP and just getting it out there and, and, um, letting people kind of hear who I am, you know? So I'm excited. Outstanding. We're going to close with a song of yours called me to be me before we let you go. Just tell the listeners about this song. If you would, this song I wrote and I'll tell, I mean, this is from my experience. I feel like we all kind of have that, one person in our lives that just makes us 
a little uncomfortable when we're around them. And I definitely had someone like that in my life. And, and eventually I had to tell myself, you know, I need to, to be me. I need to stay true to who I am and not worry about it. And I think that's hopefully that's good advice to you listeners out there because you got a you got one life, you know, live it and, and be you and be true to you. Um, but anyway, um, so that's why I wrote it. It's really about not letting anybody affect who you are um, and just not being afraid to to be who you are so that's that's what it's it that's well, what it is and you've been you've been very authentic throughout this whole interview and I and I appreciate that thank it's been you. great to meet you thank you so much for your time and all the best going nice forward nice to meet you as well yeah thank god you. bless you <laughs> god bless listeners you. that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment my sincere thanks to my guest singer songwriter guitar player Brenly Brown do visit her official website brenlybrown.com we'll put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net Now's the part where I slam my fist on the table and say, like her Facebook page, follow her on Instagram, follow her on Twitter, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. As you just heard, she has new music coming out this year, so it's another reason for you to keep up with her online for announcements about when that comes out and where and how you can purchase it. As I mentioned before, if you're in a career where you're holding back, you're struggling, you think that you can't get to that next level that Brenly's been talking about, be vulnerable. Get online with me. Let's do a private video consultation. Go to nowhearthis.biz, H-E-A-R, and click on the article that says video consultations now available. I have helped people all across the country from there in Tampa to people in Austin, Texas, out here in Hollywood. I was with someone the other night. We went to an open mic just like Brenly and I were talking about. So take advantage of all that experience that I have. Go to nowhearthis.biz and click into the article that says video consultations now available Let's book a session to get online together. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Brenly Brown. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Me To Be Me. There's always something growing Round here on the grapevine Starts with a whisper Gets around in no time And nobody's perfect That's what you don't see Making it real, real hard for me to be me I'm a bit too far, I'm a little bit crazy Your expectations